0: Listener-supported WNYC Studios. From the pages of The New Yorker, this is the Weekly Comment Podcast. In Test for Liberals, Amy Davidson Sorkin writes about Al Franken, Roy Moore, and a test for the Democratic Party. At the press conference last week in which Beverly Young Nelson described how when she was a high school student in 1977, Roy Moore, the Alabama Republican nominee for the U.S. Senate, who was then a deputy district attorney, tried to physically force her to engage in oral sex with him. She also talked about her vote in last year's election. My husband and I supported Donald Trump for president, Nelson said. This has nothing whatsoever to do with the Republicans or the Democrats. Yet Moore and his campaign wanted to make it exactly about that, even as other women came forward with charges against him. As of last Friday, a total of nine had done so. In a statement to the Washington Post, the campaign said, if you are a liberal and hate Judge Moore, apparently he groped you. If you are a conservative and love Judge Moore, you know these allegations are a political farce. From this perspective, the news last Thursday that Senator Al Franken, Democrat of Minnesota, also had misconduct allegations against him, looked to some like an opportunity to test a similar formulation. Leanne Tweeden, a radio host, said that in 2006, two years before Franken ran for office, she joined him on a USO tour to Afghanistan and Iraq, and he kissed her during a rehearsal, although she told him not to he later posed for a photograph in which he appeared to grab her breasts while she was sleeping wearing camouflage gear and a kevlar helmet if you are a liberal and love al franken would you decide indeed no that these allegations are a political farce the answer properly and unambiguously is no A number of Franken's Senate colleagues, including Amy Klobuchar, also of Minnesota, and Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, condemned his acts. Franken, after a first halting apology, offered a fuller one in which he said that he was disgusted by his own behavior and that he will cooperate with an ethics committee investigation into the allegations. The committee, though, hasn't sanctioned anyone in years. Last week, several women lawmakers reported that sexual harassment on Capitol Hill is pervasive and that, as Representative Jackie Speer, Democrat of California, put it, the system for dealing with it is a joke. During the past 20 years, Congress has paid out $17 million to settle claims of harassment and other forms of workplace discrimination, while keeping those payments secret. Speer also said that there were two cases involving current members of Congress. In some ways, the Franken story is a small, sad proxy for his party's Bill Clinton problem. Last week, as more sexual harassment and assault charges came to light, some people started looking again at a rape allegation that Juanita Broderick brought against the former president. In 1978, Broderick, a nursing home administrator, met Clinton, at that time the Arkansas Attorney General for a business meeting in her hotel room, to avoid the press, she thought. And there, she said, he attacked her. A lawyer for Clinton has denied this. A colleague says that she heard the story from Broderick immediately afterward when she found her with her torn pantyhose and a swollen lip. Broderick's story came out in 1999, largely thanks to Lisa Myers of NBC News, after Clinton's acquittal in his impeachment trial. A case that grew out of a sexual harassment suit brought by Paula Jones, and the charge was left unresolved. Early in the impeachment imbroglio, Hillary Clinton had attributed her husband's troubles to a vast right-wing conspiracy. There was a well-funded conservative effort to target the president, but in this instance, the charge feels too close to Moore's assertion that liberals simply believe one thing and conservatives another when clinton ran for president in 2016 she may not have gauged how profoundly bill clinton's record with women would hurt her just a month before the election after the access hollywood video emerged in which trump bragged about grabbing women's genitals he brought broderick and jones to a presidential debate Clinton dismissed this as a stunt meant to throw her off her game, but the key audience for it was purple state women, particularly middle-aged or older working-class women who might identify with Broderick or be receptive, based on their own experience, to the contention that, as Trump put it, Hillary was Bill's enabler. Polls after the election showed that Clinton performed less well with those voters than her campaign had hoped. For others, Clinton's decision to make her husband as an active part of her campaign and the potential first spouse constrained it. Many factors played into Clinton's defeat, but at that juncture, Bill cost her heavily by keeping Access Hollywood from costing Trump the election. As hard as it is to hear, particularly given the historic nature of Clinton's candidacy and her laudable record on everything from climate change to children's health, her nomination compromised the Democratic Party. There were other choices early on. Perhaps one of the 14 Democratic women in the Senate in 2015 might have emerged. Voters in Alabama, where Moore is on the ballot in December, and in Minnesota, where Al Franken is up for re-election in 2020 might remember that they have choices too. President Trump, for his part, tweeted that the Al Frankenstein picture is really bad, adding, and to think that just last week he was lecturing anyone who would listen about sexual harassment. Some of that lecturing has been directed with good cause at Trump himself. He shouldn't expect it to end. Efforts, like the president's, to act as though one transgression can cancel out another suggest that the problem is just one of calculating how many Frankens add up to a more. how many charges of groping for one attempted statutory rape. There is no abuse-indulgence account that each party can draw on, though. That is also true in assessing their ideologies. The national Republican leadership has, to an extent, backed away from more. The Alabama State Party has not, but it had earlier supported him even though he said that he did not believe that Muslims ought to be seated in Congress or that gays and lesbians should have basic rights. That shows not only who Moore is, but what the GOP has become. Franken has worked hard for progressive causes in his political life, but here too Whatever points that earns him or his colleagues are not spendable in some market in women's dignity. The Democratic Party is better than that. That was Test for Liberals by Amy Davidson Sorkin from The New Yorker magazine November 27, 2017. Narrated by Jamie Rinnell. Also in the magazine this week, Anthony Lane on Winston Churchill in film. Alec Wilkinson on Detecting Serial Killers, Nick Palmgarten on A Skiing Prodigy, Alexis Okewo on Mexico's DIY Police, Carrie Baton on Taylor Swift, James Wood on John McGregor, Ruth Franklin on Mary Oliver, Paul Bloom on Cruelty, Peter Sheldahl on Art Prices, fiction by Will Mackin, and more. Audible.com produces a weekly audio edition of The New Yorker. To subscribe or to download individual issues, we invite you to go to www.audible.com and enter New Yorker in the search box. To subscribe to the comment podcast, go to www.newyorker.com or to the New Yorker Room on the iTunes Store.